This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. This week's podcast is brought to you by BHP. Copper is a big deal in the energy transition because it's used to make electric vehicles, wind turbines and solar panels. When it comes to producing copper responsibly, it's happening now at BHP. Good morning, I'm Alex Tai. And I'm Alice Dempster. It's Tuesday the 26th of September. In your Squiz today, a public servant is in very hot water. The Treasurer rethinks full employment America's riders strike a deal, and Australia's wallabies strike out. This is your Squiz Today. We're going to start today, Alice, by talking about a scandal in the Australian public service. But do not tune out, because this is a juicy story. It centres around a guy called Michael Pizzullo. He is the boss of the Home Affairs Department, and he's now been stood aside after journalists from the Sydney Morning Herald and The Age and 60 Minutes got their hands on five years' worth of text messages between him and a senior Liberal Party power broker named Scott Briggs. Now, we'll get into the details, but first, let's talk about who these people are. Yeah, probably a good place to start. Pizzullo's been a public servant for decades now, and he's also worked as a policy advisor to Labor. But to take you back a little bit, the coalition was pulling together a super department in 2017. It included immigration, the border force, the federal police, the spy agency ASIO and others. It was called the Home Affairs Department and Pizzullo was tapped on the shoulder to lead it. And he's been there ever since. As for who was on the other end of those text messages, though, like you say, Alex, his name is Scott Briggs. He's a Liberal Party insider who had a hotline to Scott Morrison and Malcolm Turnbull back when they were Prime Ministers. The reports yesterday said that Pizzullo was sending messages to the PM via Briggs about who should be in Cabinet and how certain ministers were performing. With the nub of the issue here being... Department secretaries are meant to be apolitical administrators who implement Mm. the decisions of our elected politicians. Now there is an investigation underway that will be led by the former Public Service Commissioner, Linnell Briggs. And we should probably mention, Alex, that she's no relation to Scott Briggs, who we mentioned earlier. There's no word yet on how long the investigation will take, but Home Affairs Minister Claire O'Neill says it will be expedited. And as for what Peter Dutton has to say, it's interesting because he was the first Minister for Home Affairs with Pizzullo as the department secretary. Dutton says Pizzullo conducted himself in a thoroughly professional way. Not a fan of Pizzullo is Nick McKim, the Greens immigration spokesman. He put the boot in, saying that Pizzullo has shown complete contempt for the principle of accountability and that his time as a senior public servant needs to end. We flagged yesterday that Federal Treasurer Jim Chalmers was about to release a white paper on employment. That paper is now out. And if you're thinking, what is a white paper? It is a statement of policy intent that governments release before writing new legislation. Yeah, that's right. And the idea is that this process is used when ministers are tackling big issues and employment definitely falls under that. One thing the white paper covers is rethinking what full employment looks like in Australia. The goal there is to make better use of workers who are underutilised. The report says about 2.8 million Aussies are currently unemployed or underemployed, although it's worth mentioning that's at the same time that the unemployment rate sits at 3.7%, which is really low historically. 
But Chalmers says despite that, he wants to see more workers get better outcomes for themselves and for the Aussie economy. The white paper also looked ahead at jobs of the future, particularly in fields that will enable the lowering of carbon emissions. And there are also suggestions about how pensioners and people on welfare can work more without losing their payments. After 146 days of striking, Alice, the Writers Guild of America says that they have struck a deal with the studios. Yeah, that's right. This was big news when it broke yesterday afternoon. Guild members get to vote on this this Tuesday and if it passes, it's immediately back to work for them. So that's great news for anyone waiting for their favourite TV shows to get back to it. (laughs) And it does look like it will pass, Alex. The Guild secured increases to their royalties for streaming content, which was a big bone of contention for them. And they've also secured a guarantee that artificial intelligence won't be used to water down their credits and compensation in future. The deal is reported to have been made after bosses from the studios got involved personally. Those are Disney, NBC, Universal, Netflix and Warner Bros. Discovery. So if this deal does go ahead, it will mean, yes, an immediate resumption of late night talk shows like The Tonight Show, if you've been hanging out for some John Oliver. But don't forget, Alice, the actors are still on strike and there's no word yet on when those actors might break a deal with the studios. A message now from our podcast partner, BHP. The steel made from iron ore plays an important role in providing the production of our energy infrastructure, from wind turbines to power poles. So cutting carbon emissions in iron ore production is key. It's why BHP has committed to a solar and battery agreement to help power its port facilities at Port Headland. It's happening now at BHP. The Wallabies were playing in the Rugby World Cup yesterday, just as we were releasing this podcast. And Alice, it was a real stinker against Wales. I don't even want to say the score, but I guess we probably should. It was 40 to 6. Yeah, and that loss means that the Wallabies will likely leave the tournament in the group stage. And that will be the first time in history that that happens. So it Mm. was a bit of a stinker, like you said, Alex. One footy rider was pretty scathing. He said the team was bereft of ideas, leadership or inspiration. And the coach, Eddie Jones, seemed to agree that things need to change. He said it's not only the Wallabies we have to improve, but he said the whole Australian rugby system needs to take a good look at ourselves. And while we're on the topic of sports, Alex, the AFL also crowned its best and fairest last night. The Brisbane Lions' Lockie Neal was named the 2023 Brownlow medalist. So congrats to him. Congratulations. <laughs> and we will put a link to the red carpet from the Brownlows in the show notes. Alice, last week you and Claire talked about Rupert Murdoch handing the empire to his son Lachlan in a real-life succession moment. (laughs) And now Brian Cox, the lead actor from Succession, has had his say. Yeah, that's right. He says that Rupert's decision to hand over the company to his eldest son meant that he'd been watching too much Succession, clearly. (laughs) Cox also said that Rupert was probably the most tenacious human on God's earth. And if you want to know more about Rupert Murdoch and how he built his empire, Claire and I have done a shortcut on that, and that is out this morning. We get to talk about the seven decades of growth and acquisitions of the Murdoch empire, as well as some of their major challenges and controversies during that time. You can find it in the Squeeze Shortcuts podcast feed. 
Let's quiz the day, Alice. What can we look forward to today? One thing to note is that Warren Mundine will address the National Press Club today. He's one of the key campaigners for the no vote in the voice referendum. So that will be on at 12.30pm Eastern time and there'll be a live stream on the ABC if you want to catch it. And before we go today, just a little PSA that we are hiring here at the Squiz. Ellen, the wonderful Ellen, is heading to London, and so Kate is looking for a partnerships manager to join the commercial team. She's looking for someone who is organised and efficient, and if you are a squizzer, for example, listening to the podcast, that is (laughs) even better. The job is working with clients on their ads in our emails, podcasts, and on social, and it is a great start in the media for someone clever. So if you're interested, drop us a note at hello at thesquiz.com.au. And we'll also have a link to the ad in our episode notes this morning. Thank you all so much for listening. We'll be back with you tomorrow. G'day, I'm Kate Watson, co-host of News Club. News Club this week was an interview with Lauren Sams. She's the fashion editor at the Australian Financial Review. She's all over the business of fashion and retail, so I pulled her in to talk to us about fast fashion and ultra-fast fashion. In particular, businesses like Timu and Shein, who in Australia alone are on track to record more than $2 billion in sales. Here's a clip from that conversation. What is happening is that it's recalibrating fashion as a single-use item. Mm. So when you think about something that's 6 or $7, you know, my, I bought coffee this morning and that was $5.50 and that that's a single-use item to me. You know, I, I have my coffee. Like actually is, like you cannot use that twice. No. <laughs> and so when you're talking about a dress yeah. that's sort of an equivalent price – People equate it with something that doesn't need to be valued. Um, You don't need to wear it again. To listen to the full interview, just search for News Club in your podcast app and hit follow.